Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Summits Podcast. As you can see, we are once again on location, at an undisclosed location that is, but here in Indy, um, kind of a bittersweet moment. So our, our guest today is Chuck Pagano, and this is his last official day as a Hoosier resident, moving yeah. out west off into greener pastures of retirement, but we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, welcome to the Summits Podcast, Mr. Pagano. Thank you. It's great to uh, obviously be with you guys, and it is kind of bittersweet and say my last day as a Hoosier, but uh, I'll always bleed blue and I'll always be a Hoosier. Um, obviously, have a have a great connection, yep. you know, with this, this city and this community, so we'll always be a Hoosier. Awesome. Daniel's joining us back, so yep, it's good to have I'm you back. back as well. I'm back. Um, we'll have some pending big news with him here. Uh, not too, not too, not too yeah, long. Countdown now. begins. <laughs> Baby Watch 2021, two nice. times, two nice. times. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. I got a boy and a girl too, so I'm, oh, I'm kind of going to be, yeah. be done at that. You're going to be done. I hope so. My wife might have other words to say about that, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see how the. Oh, the labor goes and all that stuff. Yeah. It could be like, okay, yeah. like my wife. Yeah. We had our third daughter, and it was like, well, Tori just was born, and we got a, two minutes later, we got to go again. And she's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> she had some choice words for me. I asked at the wrong time. So, yeah. 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 I was seeing a doctor two weeks later, and that was that. Yeah. <laughs> so, good luck. Thank right. you. I'll need it, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. I hear you. <laughs> Well, I thought when I start this episode out, you know, a lot of people are familiar with uh, your your tenure in the NFL, but let's let's go back to the early years. Let's go back to young Charles David Pagano in Colorado. If you would uh, kind of tell us where you're from, what life was like growing up. Yeah, um, born, born and raised in Boulder, uh, Colorado. Um, football family. Dad was a high school coach, so uh, we were talking earlier about picking up jocks and socks and towels and stuff like that. So that's how I grew up, ball boy, uh, played for my dad in high school, went to college just up the road, University of Wyoming, um, far enough to, away where I felt like I was at college, yep. um, far enough away from the family. But um, you figure out real quick once you leave how much you love your parents and how much you miss your <laughs> yeah. family and how much you need them. So um, it was uh, close enough to where if I needed to get home, I could get home and they could get to me and see me play. So Went to school there and then started my coaching career as a graduate assistant at Southern Cal, 84, 85. Went down to Miami in 86 uh, under Jimmy Johnson, my first uh, stop at the University of Miami. And then I got my first full-time coaching job, Boise State, 1987. I was there two years. I met Tina, my wife, in 88. We got married in 89. Um, Dated two months and I left. Went to East Carolina after my second season at Boise. And she came for spring break. I put her on a plane, sent her home that night, called her to see if she got home all right, asked her over the phone if she'd marry me. She said, yeah. Called her dad from a high school the next morning and asked. He hung up on me. He <laughs> says, you kids don't even know each other. But anyway, luckily, 32 years later, it's, it's all worked out. But So East Carolina, uh, 89, Vegas, 90, 91, back to ECU, uh, 92 through 94. Down to Miami again with Butch Davis, yep. uh, ninety-five to two thousand, and so that was that was kind of my college career. I think that was seventeen, eighteen years, whatever. I'm, it's never really good at math. Um, not a lot of subjects, you know, for that matter. 
fourth grade was like the longest three years of my life. <laughs> um, but anyway, so then I went, uh, I left Miami and went to uh, Cleveland Browns with Butch. He got the head job there in t- 2001. Okay. So there, four, four years, we got fired there, uh, went to the Raiders for two years, um, back to college with Butch, UNC for a year, North Carolina, 2007. Tina was like, because Oakland was Oakland. You know, it's like, it's, it was amazing because yeah. Mr. Davis was still alive, and I learned so much football in a short period of time under him. Very, very grateful for that experience. But we didn't have a home. We were like transit. We were this, that, and the other. And she's like, can we go back to college? This is crazy. Let's go back with Butch. Have a home. I need a home. I want a family life again. All this stuff, right? She remembered all these great years in college. So we go, yeah, sure. Go to UNC. Six months, I haven't seen her. Recruiting, academics, the football, the job, all that right, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. She pulls me aside, and she's like, um, can we get back in the NFL? <laughs> <laughs> can you please make up your mind? Because when you have your you know, vacation time in the National Football League, when summer comes right before training camp, after OTAs and such, I mean, you really can unplug, turn your phone off, and disappear for a month. Right. College, it isn't like that. And so she's like, can we get back in? I was fortunate enough where John Harbaugh got the Ravens job, Baltimore job in 08, and hired me there. So I went there for, for four years, my last year as a coordinator, and then stars lined up just right and landed here in Indy. Right. Well, we were, yeah. we were excited to have you, that's for sure. And I, looking back on it now, um, I, you know, I, I don't know that I, and that doesn't matter what I write, but I, I couldn't have written a better script for sure. I think, I think you're – now that I've gotten to know you as, as a person, I, I think you fit the Colts mold very well. Appreciate that. I about yeah. what your thoughts are. Yeah. No, I mean, I, uh, I, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, if you ask me, I'm not the, the biggest sports guy outside of golf. But, um, I mean, I remember, you know, I was in high school and things like that, and all my buddies and everybody, just everything about you, everybody, all everybody loved that you had landed in Indy and, it kind of actually got me more, you know, involved in watching the Colts and things like that. So I have, I have you though for that and some, and some stroke oh. of that and friends and family and things like that. So it's, it's cool to, you were like 15 awesome. at the time. Yeah, I was like 15, yeah, 12, 11, right. I don't know, somewhere in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, what most people don't realize, Chuck and I actually have a few things in common. I actually wrote down a, a quick list here so I can remember it all. So both very competitive individuals for better and worse. We're both fathers of three daughters um chuck's birthday happens to be the same day as my twin's birthday um okay. we're both connected to Dwayne the rock johnson um he used to be his coach i get mistaken identity for him all the time <laughs> and then coincidentally we have the uh, same oncologist and obviously we are both cancer survivors so to that end and and going along the the, the theme of the summits podcast chuck if you would uh, what is your cancer story so Hired uh, to be the head coach here in Indy, uh, 2012. Um, you know, not here five, six months. Open the season up, go through training camp. Um, you know, go to Chicago, our first game. They beat the brakes off of us. Uh, not a great start to my career here in Indy. Um, and then I started noticing some bruising going on in my body. The fatigue was the fatigue. It's just football and training camp and the stress of the all that stuff. So, but these bruises were showing up and they weren't going away. And they, you know, there'd be one, two, three, four, and you know, I'd come home. Tina's like, "So are you actually 
showing these guys <laughs> physically how to tackle and do right. some things. Is that how you're getting these these bruises and things? And I, and I said, no, I don't, you know. And so, you know, the Did Jacks they hurt at all? No, they yeah. were just deep, deep purple. Right. I mean, and nothing bumped into anything. Just showing up. So, um, we played Jacksonville uh, third week of the season. Right. Came back, beat Minnesota at home. Andrew fourth quarter drive. You know, end up you know driving us down the field with less than a minute on the on the clock. Adam hit a field goal and we won twenty three twenty. Then we had Jacksonville beat at the end. Took Andrew took us down. We went up by five. There's like fifty two seconds left on the clock. We kick off touchback, and uh, Blaine Gabbert hits Cecil Shorts on a skinny post. The first play eighty yards touchdown. We lose. Go in the locker room. Take you back. And I don't want to make this a long, long, sure. you know, but I'll give you the short version. But I went in the uh, training room, you know. I was, was at the facility or the stadium a couple hours before, you know, kickoff. So I went and saw the docs, and I showed them the bruising. I said, any concern, whatever. So we had to buy the next week. So Doug Robertson and the trainer hammering those guys like, well, we'll do some blood work, you know, next week. It's our bye week. We'll have a chance. We'll check it out. And, and so um, – we lose that game, go in the locker room. I said a few words uh, to the team, and then Robert Mathis called us up, and he, and he said, um, he said, hey, we'll go in tomorrow, we'll look at the tape, we'll man up, there's no pity parties in football, and then we'll move on. You know? And so then, you know, uh, Monday we come in, Tuesday you practice, Wednesday you practice, then you gotta give everybody, because the bye week, they get four days off. So the okay. coaches are gone. Players are gone. There's nobody left in the building. I'm, I'm still there. Tuesday, they came in, took some blood. And then everybody's out Tuesday night, and I get a phone call from Doc Robertson. And um, he said, uh, something's off with your blood work. We made you an appointment. Go see an oncologist down at Simon. Now Comprehensive Cancer Center. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, huh? Really? James Betcher who was my assistant at the time, was the only other guy in the, in the you know, building. So he's the only guy that knew. I didn't even tell my wife. And so he says, you, we'll go through. We had picture day on Wednesday, team picture, practice. Everybody left. And then so uh, Hammer came down and said, are you ready? You got your ride? And I said, I'm just going to tell you. He goes, you told your Tina, right? I said, no. I didn't want to scare her. Yeah. You know, I wasn't going to. Because I didn't think. I said, there's no way. When you hear that, it's like somebody else, but not me. Not right now. Yeah. Um, so he goes, no, you got to call her. So I called her. She came down. And she's just like, huh? I go, yeah. So we just, it was just the, the longest, quietest ride from the facility down to Simon. Right. Get in there. Dr. Kripe pulls me in. Um, obviously, we got hold him in such high regard. And he was so awesome. And he's just like, hey, from your blood work, I'm 99% sure you have APL. It's a form of leukemia. We're going to do a bone marrow biopsy here just to make sure. And it's like, you know. It's like getting hit over the head. Right, yeah. You know, with a, uh, with a two by four. And I just looked at Tina, and we had that moment that you have. And it's, and it's like, okay, what's the game plan? Right. What's the, what, are, what are my chances? What do I got? What are the numbers? All that stuff, that, all those – Things that are going through your head. Yeah. Now, I will say one of the things I think that, that we found refreshing about Larry, and I, I would think the same for you, is 
all those questions just popped in your head, he had the answer right then and there. It wasn't, well, you know, I'll get back to you. It was, here's what we're going to do. We're going to start right now. If you say go, we're ready to go. And no, that's it was, it was, it was clean. There was no, there was no gray, Yep. you know, cause he started explaining all that stuff and I'm thinking about my kids. I'm thinking about Tina. I'm thinking about my parents and call, you know, in the team and I, yeah. so many things. Right. And Tina's the one that's trying to absorb and listen to all this stuff. And, and you're right. It was no, it was not, I was like, okay, so I don't have any stuff with me. Can I go home, get my call, whatever I need? Cause he said, you're going to be here for at least a month. Okay. Maybe a little less depending on how things go. And, and so he goes, no, Tina will go downstairs, get you admitted. That's when she admitted me as the rock. You know, so I don't <laughs> right. know if we were going to get in Dwayne Johnson, you know, and, uh, cause we didn't want it to get out, you know, cause everybody was gone and, they wanted to wait till at least Monday when the team was back and all that stuff. Okay. But she went down, admitted me, went home, got stuff for the, the hospital. And I went right down to the ER, as you probably know, went on a, put on a table, put a right. pick line in my arm. Next thing I knew, I was in a room. Next thing I knew, I had to pull with all the bags, chemo and steroids and antibiotics and whatever, right. start pumping in you. And it's like, it's like surreal. It, it was a whirlwind. It happened so damn fast. It's just like, holy crap. And that's when the nurses walked in. So, Mr. Johnson. <laughs> and I'm in You're shock like, already anyway. I'm like, come on, you got to be kidding me, right? You got the wrong room. <laughs> no, do you want us to call you Mr. Johnson, Dwayne, or The Rock? You know, we had a little chuckle. <laughs> I said, what are you talking about? Here's my wristband. <laughs> and so then they told me, you know, later on, how my Tina admitted me on the rock and that's pretty funny and, that's and awesome. so but that they brought at least as you know those caregivers and those nurses and everybody in the hospital are just phenomenal and make a really bad situation bring light to it best they can and right. uplifting and encouraging and all that stuff so um yeah it happened it happened awful fast but right place right time as you know dr Kripe, off the charts all-star yeah. best and I, I got the best care you know, that, uh, that you could receive. You know, right. So I was very lucky. Yeah. yeah. So to that point, we, um, we talk about this often. We're, we're blessed. We're lucky. We're very fortunate. We know that there are plenty of people who get diagnosed with cancer that unfortunately um, aren't here to tell us the same story. What we talk about this often uh, with, with other guests of ours, we talk about attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you, I guess, two-part question, what would you say – um, what aspect of attitude was important for you? And then if you were talking to someone who was newly diagnosed, what, would, what words of wisdom would you provide to them? Yeah, so like anything else, I just went back to my playing days, my coaching days, yeah. mindset, yeah. process. So I, got, I was given a game plan. I knew what that was. I was told, okay, how day one was going to be and how day 10 might be and day 15 and all that, all that stuff. But... To me, it was a mindset. Mm-hmm. And then I talked about living in vision. And I, you know, I got a vision. And that vision was that I was going to beat cancer. I was going to be around for a long time for yeah. my wife and kids. I was going to get back to this team. You know, we were going to hoist a Lombardi. I was going to walk two more daughters down the aisle, dance at their weddings. And it was going to end, you know. And so to me, you, it, it's mindset. And as you know, um, everybody that reached out to you and supported you and encouraged you during your battle, right. 
I was so fortunate to have that same encouragement um, from so, so many. And now we have an opportunity to give back. And so many people, I mean, it's, it, it touches everybody, unfortunately. And like you said, we wear wristbands and things as reminders of, mm-hmm. you know, how grateful and thankful and lucky, you know, we are, but also why we do what we do, you know, uh, for cancer research and stuff and to give back so that we don't have to say goodbye, you know, to loved ones too soon. But it's a mindset, and, it, and you got to have a faith and a belief that you're going to kick cancer's ass right. regardless. And there's going to be some tough days and some really shitty days in that bed and going through chemo and sweats and stuff like that. And, um, but it, it, was a, it was a mindset, and it was a, it was a, you know, a faith, a strong faith, uh, great support, again, from your family, but, you know, a belief that you're going to win this battle. Right. You know, and, and, and no matter what, you know, I ain't never given up. Yep. I am going to fight and fight and fight. Agreed. Um, I think the competitive aspect of us is what has continued to drive us to do something about it, even beyond. So we know that, yeah, again, we're, we're fortunate, but others are not so much, and there's still a lot of work to do. And so what can we do now then to give back, to help drop, move the ball forward, if you will, to to allow more people to experience what we've experienced and so I appreciate you for, for putting forth that effort. It's, it'd be very easy for us to sit back and say, well, okay, I made it and I'm good and not do anything, but it's just not the way we're wired. Appreciate you the same way, you know, and again, we are blessed and fortunate, um, you know, and I made a vow, you know, a long time ago that, you know, if I came out of this thing on the right side that, you know, Tina and I, as long as I was on the right side of the dirt, that we would, we would do whatever we could do. Yep. You know, to uh, to help raise, you know, awareness and be advocates for for you know cancer research and stuff like that, and 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 help these you know, every dollar we raise goes to you know every penny we raise goes to cancer research down at mm-hmm. IU Simon Comprehensive Cancer Center, um, and so it's a, I was just blown away like you were blown away with the support right. and how generous and how good people are. There's a lot of bad things going on, but when you go through something like this, you fi- you find out just how good. It, of people are like this community here, this state, this city. This, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. So it was like, okay, you're right. We just can't walk away and say, hey, ho-hum, we beat cancer. We're survivors and not do anything else to help, you know, somebody else. So yeah. I, I know you feel grateful and thankful, uh, you know, for uh, having that opportunity. I, I feel the same way. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's the right thing to do. Correct. I always yeah. talked about, you know, team, team, team with, with the Colts and everywhere right. I've been as a coach. And it was always team first, self second, and serve. So I think we were put, you know, on this planet to, to give back and serve and help others. So feel blessed that still around to do that. Right. And, yeah, we also know it takes a team to beat cancer. And so, um, you know, whatever we can do to help assemble that team and motivate that team, that's what we're going to do. Yeah, no question about it. So tomorrow, jumping in the U-Haul, Riding off out west. Uh, tell us, what does retirement look like? <laughs> I tell you what, I I always tell my buddies. I say I wake up in the middle of the night, but it isn't stressing over football. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> and they fair. go, "Yeah, we kind of have an idea, probably why you're waking up in the middle of the night." But that's another <laughs> story. Um, no, it's yeah, no U-Haul. The U-Haul was the last trip. Okay. That was a month ago. That one wasn't fun. Um, <laughs> Is there a photo but Tina, of you Tina and I, Tina and I in that U-Haul and, and, and 
six, 18 hours to Laramie, we stop, and then another 10 to Boise. That was a grind. So tomorrow's yeah. the last. We got to drive her car out. Tomorrow's the last one. We'll get in the car and make the make the final trip. But uh, retirement is, you know, my whole family is in Boise now. All three daughters, my three granddaughters, my grandson. So extremely blessed to have everybody in one spot. Tina's from there, so all her yeah, siblings okay. are there. Um, you know, my family, uh, parents, and stuff are. They, you know, uh, most of them are in Colorado. They're close in, in Boulder, yep. so. Being out west, having my family, you know, they sacrificed. I told Tina, you know, they, they sacrificed so much for 36 years, however right. long I, I coached. You know, we all know that you know, they talk about what a grind it is for the coaches and the players, but the families, I mean, this was our 12th or 13th move. I mean, right. come on, yeah. really? Do that to anybody? That's egregious. Um, and hopefully that's this will be the, kind of the last one, you know. Um, but they sacrificed so much now. You know, we have an opportunity, um, you know, spend all this time together now and, and do, do a lot of the stuff that I missed a lot of stuff. I missed a lot of things with my daughters growing up. And, um, I mean, Tina raised them, you know, practically by herself, you know, and I, probably a good thing um, that I wasn't around <laughs> much. But, you know, they turned out pretty damn good. Um, but it's, you know, I've got to find, find some hobbies. We have our time. We get up in the mornings, and she kind of goes to her corner of the house, and I go to my corner <laughs> of the house. We have our coffee, and she checks her stuff, and I check my stuff. And, you know, I'm looking at the clock. It's only 10, you know. <laughs> it's morning. Like, okay, now what? Okay, get a workout and get on the Peloton, do some, get some little, you know, dumbbells and try to fight gravity. Um, then you got any errands for me? How many errands? Hopefully she's got a laundry list so I can go to the cleaner, then go to the grocery store, I can go here, chew up another couple hours, and then hopefully get a tea time, play there some golf. She loves to play, so we spend a lot of time nice, on a golf nice. course together and family time. Yeah, sounds awesome. So it's good. Yeah. I'm blessed. Absolutely. Um, I, I appreciate you, man. Um, thanks for being, being here. Thanks for taking the time out. It's kind of a crazy day. we got some stuff going on tonight trying to raise some more money for research. Um, I hope the next time we get to catch up is on the golf course. Me Perhaps too. Kurt Elaine, I think I heard. So uh, yeah. let's see if we yeah. make, make that happen. You get out there. All, all right. right. We'll meet up there. Perfect. And uh, we'll, no have a, we'll have a great round. We'll put some <laughs> put some cash on it, see if we can hit that island green. I heard it's a really special, special place. So that'd be, that'd be awesome. All right. Appreciate you having me. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, man. Yeah, Thank you, Daniel. All right. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, everyone, for joining us for this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Hit that notification bell so you're aware of new episodes coming out. Thanks for watching.